This is TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Dina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on TTLT, we have Kimberly Gomez, the ESL girl. You can find her on Instagram and uh, on her website, theeslgirl.com. And this week, she's talking to us about teaching in the content areas. Kim and I met when she was an English language fellow in Uganda. And now she's teaching in Virginia. So let's learn about teaching in the content areas with Kim Gomez. Hello, Kim. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm fabulous. Well, I'm really excited that you are here to talk to us today about teaching English in content areas. So um before we get started with that, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Kim and I am, um, I'm from the United States and I'm originally from California and that's where I started teaching. But after school, I started teaching in South Korea and I was there for about four years and that's where I pursued and finished my master's too. That's when I fell in love with teaching English specifically as a second language. Um, then returning to the US, I've been a few different places. I've done some teacher training in China off and on. I was teaching in Uganda last year and now I live outside of DC. Um, and I am a high school, public high school, English speakers of other languages teacher. So I'm loving it here, actually. I really like the context. I do. My students are great. Um, most of them are newcomers, meaning they've only been here since summer of 2019 to now. New to the U.S.? New to the U.S., I should say. Not all of them, but a good a good percentage of them. Oh, that's got to be exciting for you to teach um, people who are so new to the country. Yes, I mean they're, I mean they're they come in so shy and nervous. It's their first time in a big school. The school's huge, you know, over two thousand students, and many of them went to small my students specifically, small towns and cities from where they're from. And so it's quite a culture shock for them. Imagine. Oh, well, okay. We're going to start today by talking about um, teaching English in the content area. So what would you think is your definition of that when you think of it? What, how does that work in your school? Yeah, so I think content based English classes are the integration of a, a content and <laughs> integration of English, which by content, I mean something like a math science course, history course, or some kind of technical course with English. And then I personally think of it as there has to be a content goal or objective and then there's also a language objective so I think that's the difference versus just a content class or just a language class that those two objectives are there um yeah and what content areas have you taught it 
So previously at another high school, I taught two different levels of a science course. It's kind of like a pre-biology, a little bit of everything science course. And I also taught a Bible course because it was a faith-based school. And here currently I'm teaching a math readiness and pre-algebra course, um, specifically for ESOL students. And I am also in a biology course and a U.S. Virginia history course. So a little of everything. <laughs> I, yeah, that is a lot. That's a, a lot of everything. And what do you think are the benefits of teaching English in a content area? I think the benefits are when it's done well, I guess, or when you truly have a content goal and a language goal that you're putting together, the students are able to actually practice, um, they're able to practice these language strategies and skills and use these functions and words with like deeper meaning, with deeper content, but then also learn content um, not only for their own content knowledge, but also in an English language. So to me, sometimes I think um, hopefully the goal is for deeper critical thinking that the students are doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, deeper critical thinking. So they're not just speaking using English, but they're really thinking deeply about what they're learning and they're learning it in a second in a second or third language, right? Yes, definitely. I mean, I think so, for example, if you're teaching something like cause and effect or you taught cause and effect in a language course and it's mostly written based or just speaking based, but, and you may have even used a text, but now if you go to biology class, we learned about stimulus and response. And so now they have to take their knowledge of cause and effect, but apply it to this like technical information of stimulus and response. But, and in history, you're reading about a war and you have to be able, they have to identify now evidence from a text to be able to write a cause and effect paragraph about the war. So it's just kind of making connections between the contents and the different, um, the different classes they're in. Yeah, that's great. And what did you, what do you think are some of the challenges of teaching English in a content area? Well, I think um, two main things. One, the amount of information. Sometimes I, that's what I think I hear from other teachers and myself. For a class like U.S. History, it's just so much text. And then in a class like biology, it's the vocab where it's um, very specific, technical, high-level vocabulary and sometimes these more abstract big ideas that are very hard to show a picture or very hard to just explain. I mean, they're hard to explain in English to like biology is difficult in your first language. So then to try to come up with a second or third or fourth way to show it and explain it is, I mean, very much a challenge. And I think teachers sometimes just don't know where to start or how to start with all their content in front of them. 
Yeah. And what solutions have you found for these challenges? What What's worked for you and your students? Yeah, so I think the main first thing I would tell teachers is having a clear content goal or objective and a clear language goal. And by a content goal, I mean, what do you want them to learn and produce at the end of the lesson or unit and the language goal is the how are they going to do that so how are they going to be able to show you that they learned that so that's where language comes in if that's giving a presentation if that's having to write a text create um create even something visual but be able to talk about it that's where the how and the language part comes in um that would be the key, the main key. For the content and language goals, um, for example, for recently, we just finished a unit on the Civil War in US history. And the content goal, one of the main content goals was for them to be able to compare and contrast the North and the South and be able to write both with a graphic organizer, but also be able to write a very short text. I think we said a four to five sentence um, summary or text on it. So for me as the language teacher, I knew then I needed to support that with giving them lessons or support activities with using and and but and how we how do you actually use compare contrast language? And so a lot of the practice activities were guided where they had to, you know, use jam boards to move sticky notes and put the and or put the but, be able to identify if this is compare contrast, stuff like that. So I did have an example. Try to share this real quick. So this is one practice example that my students use. So here, this is a great practice activity because they are truly practicing content and writing practice, essentially grammar together. So all the yellow here, there's a bunch of yellow words and that's supposed to make one sentence. And then the second sentence is words in pink. So in Jamboard or in online, they're able to click these and move the sticky notes to create a complete sentence. So it's just, again, it's practicing, do you understand who's the leader of the North, who's the leader of the South, but being able to put it in the right um, sentence frame as well. So that's one example there. So, this is another history one. This is the same goal. This is one I did at the very beginning. So they didn't have to do too much with the language, but I was kind of introducing the concept of using but to contrast in a sentence. And they had to just match the main content information there. And this was this was like week one of the Civil War. We were just introducing like the North, like what was the North, what was the South, 
um, in the United States. And so I had multiple of these and they again moved them around or some of them would type it in or write it in if they were in person, um, write it on paper if they were in person, but just another way of using content, but also practicing writing skills, not just saying, oh, let's write a sentence, but giving them that guided sentence building and practice before okay, so the end assessment. Yeah. And so this one, it's just a sentence, it's the north, and then there's a blank, and then but, and then the south, and then a blank. And then you've got two different sentence fillers that they have to choose which one means which one is correct for the north and which one is correct for the south. So again, they're they're you're checking that they understand the main content of the difference between the north and the south. Plus, you're showing them the sentence structure at the same time. I, yes. Very effective. Definitely, sentence stems would be another key for everything. I don't care how high <laughs> the level is. But giving the sentence stem, even if it's a blank, but blank, but just giving them that structure for how I want that sentence to look exactly um, is very helpful. So students don't get fancy with it um, and create their own thing, but they know I'm looking for this specific sentence structure. It always helps to have a specific example so that they know exactly what, what you're looking for yeah. and then what they need to produce. Yeah. Excellent. Another thing that's really helpful, I think, is pre-teaching pre -teaching key vocabulary that they will need before you jump into a content lesson. Now, the thing that I've realized is a bit different is um, a lot of content teachers, they get that concept or that seems like an easy concept, but sometimes the key vocabulary is not actually content vocabulary that they need at the beginning. They often need vocabulary to even understand the main, you know, even the main title of what you're going to be presenting about. So, for example, with biology, um, we were starting to do an activity or starting to do a unit on properties of water. And the curriculum and the assessments just use words like solid, liquid, um, freeze, sticky, adhesive, and they are just assuming that the students know those words. But I knew the level of my students didn't know what those words, just the words in the questions were asking them like to do or asking them about. So I also, um, I like to make word walls is one way, at least online too, students could refer to back to information easily if you have it in an online classroom. Obviously in a classroom, you could try to keep it on a board somewhere, but I pre-teach words like liquid, solid, ice, um, to break apart, stick to, because these were key concepts they needed to know in order to know cohesion and adhesion. Um, so 
they needed to understand those, you know, lower level vocabulary words first. And so um, on the screen right now, I'm sharing an example of a word wall. It's a virtual word wall where I have eight squares with eight different words like liquid, solid, ice, break apart, temperature, and a lot of pictures. Now, my students are all in this class specifically, they're all Spanish speaking. So then it is easy for me to add Spanish translation. But I, most of my classes, I do have a few other students that don't speak Spanish. So biology is the only class I can do that with. But um, so I do have some Spanish words in here too, but mostly pictures. Um, sometimes I'll have a quick definition if needed, but these were all easy to have pictures for. So I do think that is essential in preparing them for even being able to come in contact with content vocabulary, preparing them to even um, be able to describe that content vocabulary with lower level vocabulary. Yeah, I think you're right that it does, the, those types of terms are sometimes harder, the harder ones for the students to get than the actual concept. Like the concept, they're like, okay, I can look at the picture, I can understand it, I get the concept and I can understand that, but all of these other words are confusing everything. Right. Yes. Um, They're great. I love this virtual word wall. Great idea. Thank you. Um, another coworker created the template and I just use it over and over, honestly. But yes, I use these in all my classes, especially online in person. Of course, I would usually try to have it on a bulletin board or something. But I do like the virtual because I just keep it in like Google Classroom or wherever all the students are, just a hard copy of it. And so they can click, you know, before any quiz for doing any homework, they have this reference that they can quick go to. Excellent. And really, um, the another big thing when we're talking about a large amount of text is to chunk texts, which just means focusing on or only giving students a small piece at once, if you can even take away the rest of the text, that's even best, like just let them focus on one piece and then do some active reading strategies with a small piece of text at a time. Um, but as of that, those are my main strategies and I will talk more about them and other strategies in the workshop. Yeah, I'm really excited that you agreed to do a workshop with us. Yes, I'm really excited about this. And um, I think it's going to be an amazing workshop. And we'll go into a lot more depth than a lot of these ideas that you've been telling us about. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Just that um, if you come to the workshop, I will be showing, <laughs> I will be showing a lot more examples of, I mean, more of what I'm doing right now, but examples of how to do strategies or different examples of strategies with science, history, and even math. I think that's been very interesting for me this year to do a language math <laughs> class. And, um, but just, 
Um, I will be giving a lot more examples and um, very practical strategies of, of practicing language and content together. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Kim. And you're going to do a workshop about all of this? I'm so excited. And um, the workshop, I think, was April 30th, I think we decided? Yes, April 30th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, great. I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope that everyone who um, has seen this episode is excited to come and see more examples and learn more from you about teaching English in the content areas. Thanks a lot, Kim. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit more about where what you're working on and what where people can find you. So what are some projects that you've been working on in addition to your teaching? So I mostly, um, I have a slide here. So I do have a, an educator's Instagram or teachergram, many people call it. Um, that is where I focus a lot of my attention. It's solely for teaching purposes. Um, sometimes here and there, things about my life, but it's for the purpose of connecting with other teachers and sharing ideas and resources. And all of these, I have some pictures here on this screen of just, these are all free resources or activities that I post about. Um, I always try to explain it or in the stories on Instagram, explain further or give examples, video examples. So my ESL Girl Instagram has a lot of like quick tips and pictures of what I'm doing in teaching. The ESLgirl.com is a website with also a whole, um, if you click the resource tab, they're mostly free. I would say like 95% of them are free, easy downloadable um, PDF versions or online Google Slides versions of a lot of different um, language resources or classroom activities, games, um, different different items like that. And then I, I do have a blog, so sometimes I will explain specifically a strategy um, on the blog as well. Or yes, if the lesson needs more explanation, write a blog post about it as well. So that's where you can find me in the social media and internet world. And the blog is also at theeslgirl.com? Yes. Great. It's on my webpage. I'm just I'm just looking at some of the things that you have in pictured on the slide. I love the 531 summary. That's really great. Yes, yeah, so that there's a digital template. I mean, you don't need a template, but I do have a digital template. This one I use that picture is from me in Uganda where I was teaching pre-service teachers who were in their last year of university before becoming teachers. Um, and so that was a strategy. I taught all my strategies there usually with large paper. Um, and so, and they would write it down in their notebooks. So that was from Uganda, but I do have a PDF, you know, downloadable template of that as well. That's great. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's great to show that you you don't need the, don't need for it to be digital. It can easily be done with paper, but mm -hmm. it's always nice to be able also to download the digital version and then adapt it to paper depending on your situation. Yes, we used it there with post-its. I don't know if you've ever used it where they actually have to, you know, they have a smaller post-it for just the one sentence and a bigger post-it for writing more just a visual too obviously not needed but i like adding that as well <laughs> yeah well i think that's great yeah when you have different size than you it's it helps you mentally know i'm gonna say less because i have a smaller piece of paper so i can't fit it all in yeah i think that's great well thank you so much kim it's been so great to, um talking to you today and i'm sure that everyone is excited um, excited about your workshop and excited that you're um, uh, of all the things that you're doing. And I'm really excited that I had the chance to talk with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad I could be here and talk about so many different topics. <laughs> and uh, I just really hope it's practical. And if you're, if those listening are interested, yeah, April 30th, you can come back for more. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. She really had a lot of information about teaching in the content areas. And for me, the top teaching tips were, first of all, it's important to have a content and a language goal so that you're, you're making sure that your students are learning the content and they're also working on their language. So make sure that you have both goals so that both um, of your aims can be achieved. I also love the idea of using the word walls. We've talked about word walls before, but I loved her virtual word wall for using them uh, with her students online. And then also putting them on the actual walls when she's in the classroom so the students can look up and see those words that they need. And to remember that it may not be the content words that they need to learn. There may be a lot of other words they also need to learn and that would help with their language goals. So a lot of the words that help them to use the content words are also important. So, and that leads me to my last top teaching tip. What I thought was most important was using those sentence stems. So you wanna make sure that you are teaching the structure of the sentence and how to do comparisons, how to contrast um, using those so that the students can see how the ideas go together and to try to create activities that are helping the students understand the content as well as helping them understand the language. Oh, such a great thing. Loved it. And I'm really excited that Kim is going to do a workshop for us. She's going to do a workshop on teaching English in the content areas. So we're going to learn even more about all of these amazing things that she's been talking about. She's going to go more in depth and give you more examples and more strategies for how to teach English in the content areas. And I know a lot of us are doing it. So it's um, really going to be great to learn from how Kim is doing this with her students. So that's Friday, April 30th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I look forward to seeing you there. And don't forget that Jesus is doing his workshop on creating a photography club. So don't forget to come to this workshop and learn some 
great ways to organize a photography club with your students. And this workshop is going to be Friday, April 17th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 9 a.m. for Jesus in Chicago. And we really hope that you will come to this month's TTELT Talks on April 24th, Saturday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be leading a talk. We're going to be talking about all the topics that you want to talk about. So this will help you to talk with other colleagues and learn from them into the TTLT talks. And it will also um, give us a chance to learn what you would like to learn um, more about. So please come to the TTLT talk and tell us what you would like to learn. So hopefully we'll see you there. And we're so excited that our new course is now up. So we got some ideas from uh, the episodes that we've done and we put them all together and we created a one credit course. Um, and this course is uh, called Engaging Teaching Tips for English and Foreign Language Teachers. So come and take this course and you get one university credit. Isn't that exciting? So um, Eileen and I um, created this course for you. So please come and take the course and get the university credits. We have this course that we created together and Eileen's had a couple of other courses that hopefully you'll want to take as well. Engaging and motivating your English language learning students for academic success and um, memories and dreams, honoring your past, designing your future a social emotional learning project. So this is another course that Eileen has created. So hopefully um, you'll come and take our courses. These are all asynchronous courses that you can do. Um, you get professional um, development um, certificate. Once you have created it, you get one unit um, of credit from a university course. So it's a 15 hour course that you take whenever you want to take it and um, then you get the credit. And if you'd like to learn more about or from uh, TTLT, then please go to our website. Um, almost everything that we are doing, including all of these events um, that we are talking about, you can sign up for at ttlt.org. And if you have any questions you'd like to ask us, then please um, uh, send us an email at tteltinfo at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, Subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel so that more people can find out about TTELT. And please also join our Facebook group, TTELT, and follow us on Twitter at TTELT1 and on Instagram at T.TELT. We hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.